Hello, I'm Colleen Cross, editor of Baker's Journal. Today, I'm speaking with Jane Dummer, registered dietitian, who is also known as the Pod to Plate Food Consultant. Jane collaborates and partners with the food and nutrition industry across North America. Hello, Jane. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Colleen. Um, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. You're welcome. Today, we're talking about promoting your bakery or baking business. And I think it's fair to say self-promotion does not come naturally to every business owner, unless promotion maybe is your stock in trade. But it's a vital part of keeping your existing customers and attracting new ones and building your brand. So maybe let's start with the big picture, Jane. Why is positive media coverage important to the baking industry? Curing positive media coverage is an excellent way to establish credibility. And so when you're looking at an article or a review, uh, which has the baking industry positioned in a really positive light, or discussing maybe how the industry is modernizing or contributing to an advancement, this is ultimately good for all the businesses within the industry. Right. What's the difference between paid advertising and organic media coverage? Can you talk us through that a bit? Yeah, so let's let's start with the paid advertising. So there's a couple of options for paid advertising. So an advertorial would be something very similar to what a journalist would write, um, but written by the company to promote their products or services. And in the baking industry, it's, it's usually products. So that's what paid advertorial would be. Also in the area of social media, you can do paid blogs and paid social media posts. And that's again, when companies pay writers or influencers or even celebrities to basically write about their brands or talk about their brands. And it's featured on their blogs, their websites, or their social media platforms. And sometimes within that post, there's an affiliate link back to the bakery to get more sales or more awareness for that product. So that's really the paid side of getting media coverage. And then the organic media coverage would be where your company gets perhaps a request from a journalist or a writer, or even a blogger is writing about a topic and includes the bakery in that. And you actually haven't purchased for that. So you haven't paid directly to the writer, the journalist, or the blogger. And it's really important to have both types of media coverage and coverage for your business. With the organic media, it's definitely a brand awareness from an independent party. So that gives a credibility that you may not get with your own paid advertorial. Right. And media could include your local newspaper, a radio station, even television, like people are still watching cable. And so your bakery could be featured on a morning show, say there's a topic about fermented food or fermented breads, and they're talking about sourdough and your bakery is featured on a morning show. That is great coverage that you're reaching an audience wider than your typical audience that you've been covering under your communication strategy. And so that's something that you haven't paid for that's coming out organically that is reaching a larger target market to help sell more of your product. 
Right. So maybe it's something bakeries or bakery businesses, suppliers should keep an eye out for opportunities when there's something going on in the larger world or community. That kind of leads into the next topic we're going to talk about, because when a writer or journalist comes to your website, having information available that's easy for that coverage question to come up is really important. Right. And do you find uh, in your experience, uh, is there a common misstep that you see businesses make when responding to media requests or trying to get noticed? Yes. And so exactly what we were just talking about. So if media comes knocking at your door, whether it's through an email, whether it's through their searching on your website, whether they've direct messaged you through a, a social media, such as Instagram or LinkedIn or even Twitter, to make sure that you respond in a timely manner. Because I know as a writer, as I've been on both sides. So, you know, I've been that communication spokesperson for a company. And so if I approach a company, and I have approached them like through all those three vehicles, because I'm not getting a response, they're just missing that opportunity to reach a larger target market. So when you're developing your communication strategy, it's really important to know who your target market is. So, you know, I've seen a lot in the past five years where companies will hire social media content creators and they're just maybe focusing on TikTok and YouTube, but they're missing a whole other possible consumer market to sell their products too. And so when those questions come in from media and writers, and those media and writers are not on TikTok, and they're using more traditional avenues to get a hold of the business to help promote them and they just go unresponded, um, that's a huge missed opportunity. And I really feel that uh, companies need to look at both traditional and social media and really understand who their target market is. So, okay, if it is only, you know, the TikTok audience, then that's fine. But if you have a larger market and you're missing that, it's a real disadvantage to your business by not taking that prime opportunity. Right. It could be a, a different demographic, for example, or just different customers. Yes. And what's really nice about getting organic media coverage is you can use that on your platform. So if you've gotten organic media coverage through different journalist outlets, you can take that and put that on your social media platforms as well as other traditional platforms to extend its shelf life. And so if, you, if you're not doing that, once you do get the coverage, that's another missed opportunity. Right. Making the most of each thing you do and in, in different forums. That's mm -hmm. a great tip. Are there other good ways for bakery businesses, could be large or small business, to get their name out there effectively? Have a communication strategy, have a mix of communication tactics, and be on the lookout for content creators that are talking about your product line. So say, for instance, again, you have fermented bakery, you have sourdough, and there are certain influencers or content creators in that social media space, make sure they're on your radar. And then also to the more traditional, as we talked about, we've still got digital, we've got print, we've still got television with morning shows, making sure that when they do reach out, you do respond to them. So having a strategy in place, having well thought out, clear, concise messaging 
as I mentioned earlier, as a writer, when I've gone on to collect data for my different articles that I'm writing, if I go to a website and they have a media tab or they have a press kit tab, that really supports my effort. So that is part of their communication strategy. And it needs to be very visible on their website and very accessible to the writer. That's a great point. Uh, media kits and press kits. And knowing in particular, I'm thinking of small bakeries that get really busy. It may not be first on your list. And that sounds like a, a good strategy for being ready for those unexpected calls or requests, just to have something even informal. Does it need to be professionally done, would you say? Or could it be any I, format? Yeah, in our tight labor market, and and I know, you know, in the past, I've reached out over the past I would say over the past five years to have something that is available and ready to go. Uh, because in our tight label market, you know, you may be struggling with labor, but if you've got this press kit or this media kit, as we mentioned earlier, on your website, that is really incredibly easy for writers and journalists to learn about your brand and learn about your product. And if you've got high res photos, or even video, like you don't necessarily need video content. But I mean, if you are creating videos, then, you know, why not include yeah. it in a good form? You know, I've received things in all different formats, and it just takes more time. It takes more time on their part. And as I mentioned, in our tight labor market, if you've got these press kits ready to go with all the facts and figures, including high res photos, it's very easy for the journalists. Like the journalists may not even have to contact you to confirm facts and figures. If you've got this clear information, right, accessible on your website, or even a link to a contact within the company who's a stable employee, and then and then have that employee coordinate and navigate with the writer and with the journalist. And I mean, you probably only have to review it every six months, have the company overview, the contact details, the product information, and a few high res photos, time, efficiency, even cost. So just think about, again, if you have press kit on your website, you don't have to take the employee's salary time of back and forth, back and forth. It's done, right? Having that all done ahead of time is going to save you time and money. It sounds like a good opportunity for skill building too, maybe for one of your staff to deal with the public or to get that ready and, and sort of take ownership of that. It also sounds like just another way that people, you kind of touched on the labor market, but I'm thinking of people looking for work that tells it's another chance to tell about your business, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit for that, not customer, but potential employee as well. That's that's a great idea. And I, as part of my business, I offer communication strategies and I'm always looking for that point person within the company to take ownership. So if I'm coaching them on how to put together a press kit or even doing some of the content writing for them so it's done in a, in a professional, accurate way, um, and then they can add their flair to it afterwards, I'm always looking for that point person who will take ownership. You know, if that point person leaves, then the press kit needs to be able to to stand alone and be able to be updated. Right. That's a great point. I'm wondering if you've seen any interesting examples of ways that maybe not necessarily baking businesses, but maybe a larger, like a supplier business, just interesting ways that they've put themselves out there that kind of got your attention. I'm always surprised by maybe the choice of influencers a company would pick. You know, if it's a celebrity influencer, I always want some type of 
authenticity back to the product. So if it's an if it's an influencer or celebrity that does home baking and is now part of the communication strategy for a company, that is terrific. If it's an influencer that, you know, is in the fashion industry and is all of a sudden right. talking about the baking industry, I I that doesn't jive with me. So what stands out for me is if you are going the route of you know, paid advertising, and you are looking at um, influencers and celebrities to have some type of connection back to your product. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Well, we've been speaking with Jane Dummer, a registered dietitian who is known as the pod to plate food consultant. Jane collaborates and partners with the food and nutrition industry across North America. Connect with Jane through her website, janedummer.com or on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining us, Jane. It's been my pleasure, Colleen. And I'd just like to end by saying to the listeners that I want them to be inspired by our talk and to take the initiative to establish their communication strategies and promotion um, for their baking business and their brand to rise to the next level. Good words of wisdom there. And with that, thank you everyone for listening and have a great week. 